Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, August 31st, 2023. Scott Horton joins us now. Scott, always a pleasure, uh, my dear friend. Thank you for uh, joining us. I have some fascinating clips of an interview that my friend and former colleague uh, Tucker Carlson recently did with Viktor Orban, the prime minister uh, of Hungary in which you make some very strong statements with which I think you and I know I, and I'm confident uh, our audience will agree. We'll hold them for just a minute because of some other crazy quotations. Mitt Romney, and I know you know this because it was on the website, of, as absurd as it is, uh, of uh, antiwar.com, recently called the proxy war in Ukraine, quote, the best national defense spending, close quote, the U.S. has ever done. Is this a uh, typical argument or honestly held belief by the war party in Congress, which I will define, you'll probably agree with me, as about 95 percent of the Republicans and 95 percent of the Democrats? Yeah, Uh, I'm not certain the percentages, but it's certainly the ruling factions and the majorities of both parties. Uh, Yes, sir. And um, Yes. And, you know, I'm writing this new book forever here um, about this uh, called Provoked. And I have a section where I'm just collecting all of these quotes of American politicians talking about, you know, we isn't this fun and and, um, you know, interesting and inexpensive. Um, David Ignatius in The Washington Post somewhat infamously, I think, at least in certain circles, uh, wrote recently about how this war is just going great. We are costing the the Russians so much money at so little cost to ourselves, and we are gaining so much for our interests. And then he literally used parentheses, except, of course, for the Ukrainians, being slaughtered whose country's being destroyed, who just through, due to the fighting, not deliberate ethnic cleansing, but just due to the fighting, you have, you know, the vast depopulation of the entire country was 7 million people have fled, something like that. That was actually as of six months ago, Judge. Um, so, you know, it's a it's an absolute catastrophe for them. But you hear, you know, as Tom Woods says, no matter who you vote for, you always get John McCain. And that's not just for president, but that's your congressman, well, too. Well, and, and, you know, Tom is right, certainly with respect to uh, to war. 
Yeah, no matter and who you vote for, it could really be Donald Trump, is- it could be Barack Obama, it could be Ronald Reagan. It's it's the same. It's it's the yeah. War Party. And what um, that really stands for is not just the violence, but what a simpleton John McCain was. The guy didn't know anything. The guy was just spouted platitudes and slogans and talking points, whatever he thought he was supposed to think and say. Famously, he went to Iraq and accused Iran of training Al Qaeda fighters, right. and Joe Lieberman had to whisper in his ear, "Just say militants." John, because he didn't even know who was on whose side in Iraq War II, the war that he had mongered and caused. And it's the same thing here. You hear him judge. They go, well, we're killing Russians. We're sending Russians home in body bags. Ha, yeah, ha, ha, what, ha, what ha, they're, ha. What so they're that's denying. really a good, and everybody knows it. And that's what, all you what need to failing, know. What they're failing to recognize is the reality on the ground, which is that it's our military aid that has caused the slaughter of the uh, Ukrainian soldiers. and and. They're getting slaughtered at a rate of seven to one. Senator Richard Blumenthal chiming in with Senator Mitt Romney. The U.S. is getting its money's worth in Ukraine because this is how twisted their logic is, uh, Scott. And you may know this quote. Richard Blumenthal, Democrat of Connecticut. The U.S. is getting its money's worth in Ukraine because Americans aren't dying. I guess... We're getting our money's worth because Russians and Ukrainians are dying. I was going to hold off on the um, Victor Orban, but let me play this one uh, because it's relevant to what we're talking about right now. How um, the prime minister of Hungary, who's right there, says it is certain Ukraine will lose. In the United States, the view is that Ukraine is winning this war. It doesn't sound like that's true. It's a lie. It's not just a misunderstanding. It's a lie. It's impossible. Everybody who's in politics and understand the logic, the figures, the data, no way. Why is it impossible? Because that way, the Ukrainian, the poor Ukrainians die every day. Yes. Hundreds and thousands, you know. So I'm, my heart is with them. It's tragedy for Ukraine. But they will run out earlier from the soldiers, number of soldiers, than the Russians. What finally will count is boots on the ground. And the Russians are far stronger, far numerous, more numerous there is more than of Ukrainians. Many more. So this strategy that we are just supporting is a bad engineering of the strategy. It's not a misunderstanding. It's a lie. Very, very profound, very strong words and, and, and an accurate argument. Look, if the kill rate is seven to one, I hate talking about something like this, Scott, but let's get it over with. Let's pull the Band-Aid off. Seven Ukrainian soldiers killed for every one Russian. And if the Russian population is two and a half times uh, the Ukrainian population, how much longer can this last? Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly what the what the ratio is, Judge, but either way, I mean, it's just we've known this from the beginning that. Russia is a bigger, more populous country, and it's just as simple as that. There's only so many fighting-age males in Ukraine, and there are for, far many more in Russia. So if it comes down to it, let's say that the Ukrainians really all of a sudden did great. Their summer offensive just completely started whooping the Russians all up and down the Donbass. Well, then you would have a full-scale invasion by Russia, right? They, so they act like there's some zero-sum game here. They're gonna they're gonna make some progress in this offensive. First of all, they didn't. But even if they had, they're still would just be waiting for the next reaction from the Russians to come. 
And so they really, they should have stopped to deal. But, you know, back to these quotes of these politicians, Judge, where you hear that the quotes- this is, meat and this is meat and potatoes for your book. Yeah, sure. Look, um, I mean, there's really, it's it's very simple. You know, what, what Blumenthal is saying there, in other words, is that Russian soldiers, they have value. It, ma it matters to us to get them killed. American soldiers have value. We don't want to lose any of them. American tax dollars, they don't have value just because you work hard. That doesn't mean anything to a politician. And Ukrainian soldiers' lives are worth as much as Americans' tax dollars. Nothing to the American politicians. They say it in their plain language. It's to them, that's not a cost on the ledger. It would only be a cost if it was American soldiers who had to right. die. And even then, that's only because it would be political pressure on them, not because they care about American cannon fodder any more than they really care about the Ukrainians. They're right. monsters. That's who runs the American empire. They're the worst sorry people. Sorry to say I agree with you. I mean, I'm, some, I'm not sorry to say I agree with you. I'm sorry that that's the state of affairs. It is. But it's the it's inescapable right. conclusion by those of us who, um, those of us who watch these things um, as we speak, United States and not all, but many of its NATO allies are negotiating some sort of an agreement with Ukraine, which will go into the next presidency, whether it's Joe Biden's second term or fill in the blanks, uh, first term. So Joe Biden and the, and Tony Blinken and, and Victoria Newland uh, are attempting to, uh, prevent future presidents from ending the war in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to go. I don't know what his off ramp is. He obviously wants to be able to point to something uh, progressive uh, that happened in the war between now uh, and election day. It's getting worse and worse. Our military people are telling us it can't go on much longer. It's not going to make it to the winter. You heard uh, the president of Hungary. But does Joe Biden really think the American public wants this thing extended? Well, I mean, you got to look at it from his point of view. This is what it's got such a funny name, Judge. I'm not sure who coined this. I guess it was James Buchanan coined the term public choice theory. It sounds like wonky and nerdy, but all it really means is that politicians are individuals and they care about themselves. There really is no national interest. They do what's in their interest, what's in their agency or their department's interest. And it has nothing to do with what's good for the American people overall. So what's bad for Joe Biden, Judge, is losing this war before the election. Right. Just like George W. Bush in 2003 and four, the insurgency is getting worse and worse and worse. Well, what's he going to do? Cut and run? No, he's got to double down and just make sure the thing keeps going past Election Day so that the promise that, well, we prevented the worst remains. And so that makes no sense. I mean, the Wall Street Journal had this giant piece about what the spring offensive of 2024 is going to look like. Are you kidding me? The, the same people who just said that they were going to win with the spring offensive of 2023 that turned into the summer absolute catastrophe of 23 here. And uh, their whole idea is to continue. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. 
There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. One of our colleagues and friends, uh, former... Marine Corps major and State Department official Matthew Ho mm-hmm. uh, has great been arguing. Guy. American hero. Yes, a great human being. But he's been arguing very effectively that this is the most propagandized war uh, in the modern era. Just a few hours ago, the Wall Street Journal uh, reported, we all know that there are three uh, rings of defense uh, through which the Ukrainians would have to go in order to move uh, eastward uh, into eastern Ukraine. The Wall Street Journal uh, reported uh, that the Ukraine military had breached the first ring. Since that report, silence, because the report from the Wall Street Journal of all places came from one Ukrainian soldier speaking to one Wall Street Journal reporter with no corroboration whatsoever. Yeah. Patrick Lancaster, cor- courageous American videographer, was came to us from a, a a a trench on the eastern side said they're nowhere here near here. No way, no how. Yeah. Well, look, uh, judge, I would encourage people to pull up one of these war maps if you can and look at the purpose of this uh supposed summer offensive. It was to try to cut through basically just east of Crimea in um, the eastern part of Zaporozhye province to a town called Melitopol. And I'm sure I'm pronouncing that terribly, but it's the next big town west of Mariupol. And they were supposed to march all the way through those three barriers that you talked about, those three rings of defense, and then through Russian lines and march all the way to this town on the Azov coast. And then what? Like the underpants gnomes, question mark, question mark, somehow profit. But instead, look at the reality. Even if that had succeeded, which they have completely failed, but if that had succeeded, well, they'd have just been completely surrounded. They still would have had all those Russian forces in the western part of Zaporozhye and Crimea to their west. And they'd have had all of the Russian forces in the Donbass to their east. It would have been like they'd parted the Red Sea, but then they were still just standing in the middle of it and unable to hold the tide back. Correct. And would have just been crushed anyway. Correct. So what in the hell was even the purpose of this thing? It made no sense. And that's not me talking. You no, know, that's Daniel Davis, who, you know, is a lieutenant colonel of the U.S. Army and really is an expert in this stuff. I was just saying, this strategy is not even a strategy. And, you know, by the way, speaking of the journal, they admitted on two or three different occasions, I have the quotes, um, that this essentially was a public relations stunt to show the West that the Ukrainians still have enough fight in them for us to continue to want to back them. And to yeah, continue. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the uh, backing because we can't tell. 
I don't even know if antiwar.com can tell. Nobody can tell exactly how much money has been spent. The Pentagon keeps coming out with confusing numbers. Right. Uh, the the Nancy Pelosi-led House of Representatives gave Joe Biden a blank check for $113 billion as he spent all of it because he just asked for another $28 billion. Now, Republicans are as much in favor of this war as Democrats. There is a cadre of progressive Democrats and a cadre of libertarian slash I'll call them traditionalist uh, Republicans who are opposed to this. I don't know that they're enough uh, to stop it, but whatever it is, Joe Biden wants more money to tide him over so that he can keep fighting this war at least uh, until uh, election day of 2024. He's probably going to claim some sort of a of a victory, whether they're able to sell it on the American public uh, remains it to be seen. But everything you say is profound, Scott. They don't care about innocent human life. They don't care about foreign human lives. They don't care about American human lives. They don't care about American tax dollars. They don't care about money being borrowed in our names. And the press is with them, not you, not me, but all the mainstream press, including my uh, employer of 24 years, mm -hmm. uh, is with the war and supporting the American government in one of the most horrific foreign policy decisions ever made. Yeah. And look, never mind, you know, libertarians and certain kinds of points of view. Like, let's just say you're just a regular plain old American and you look at the situation. Before the war, the Russians were saying, we want a new treaty. We promise neutrality. You promise not to put missiles in there. Uh, you promise not to bring Ukraine into NATO. And you implement the Minsk II deal, which essentially means statehood, strong, you know, uh, federalism for the far east of the country. And then we're cool, right? And now what do we got? They've lost virtually all of Luhansk province, about two thirds of um, Donetsk, and about half of Zaporozhye and half of Kherson. And at this rate, even though they won Kharkiv back, they might lose Kharkiv again. And they could uh, even lose Odessa, which is an extremely important port city there on the southern coast. And we have even the war party in all the major papers saying, well, of course, at some point we have to negotiate. Maybe it should have been sooner. Maybe it'll be a little ah. bit later after another year of this or another two years of this. But in other words, they concede. They concede by saying we have to talk. That means that Ukraine is going to have to give up major portions of the east of their country in order to have peace here. When well, they could point, have had peace and they could have kept all of that land correct. And as part of Ukraine without having this war at all. But then we couldn't have sent Russian soldiers home in body bags, which is the highest good. So then Zelensky is really caught between uh, Iraq uh, and a hard place, uh, almost literally. He can't uh, a call for a ceasefire or, or a stalemate uh, because the right wing will consider him uh, a traitor. He's never going to get back uh, the um, real estate that they lost. They're never going to get anywhere near uh, Crimea. I don't know how he gets out of this other than running to his villa in Egypt or his condo in Miami or his townhouse in Paris. Yeah. Hey, look, um, that's, that's such an important point, Judge. I'm so glad that you brought that up. This has occurred, and anyone can look this up. Of course, I'll have all the footnotes for you in the book. But this happened to the previous president, Poroshenko, and it happened to Zelensky as well. Time and again, the neo-Nazis say 
that if the president tries to make peace, we'll kill him. Correct. And judge. When the, I say correct, I mean, that's what they say. I'm not that's saying right. that's what they should do. That's right. right. And look, even Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, which is American, you know, European, uh, American government propaganda station, even the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal admit these are credible threats. This is not like when some crank in Alabama says he wants to hurt Joe Biden and let's say he really meant it, the Secret Service would just wrap him up. He wouldn't get anywhere near Joe Biden and nobody thinks he would, right? But in this case, even the New York Times says, hey, the president really has to take this into account when these Nazis threaten to hang him from a lamppost because they overthrew the government before and they can do it again. I want you to listen to um, Viktor Orban on the difference between American culture and Russian culture. Is it freedom or is it security and national integrity? To understand the Russians, it's a difficult thing. So when we speak about politics, I, I mean Westerners, what is the focus point of our conversation? The focus point is freedom. How to provide more and more freedom to the people. When you speak on politics in Russia, this is not the number one issue. The number one issue, how to keep together the country. That's generate a different kind of culture and understanding of politics. That's created a kind of military approach, always on security, safety, buffer zone, geopolitical approaches. But we have to understand that we cannot beat them as we do just now. It's impossible. They will not kill their leader. They will never give it up. They will keep together the country and they will defend it. We finance more, they will invest more. If we send more technical equipment, they will produce more. So don't misunderstand the Russians. So they're not going to get sick of Putin and throw him out? (sighs) Come on, it's a joke. Tell that to Victoria Victoria Newland, who, uh, you know, wants to use and and when I say Victoria Newland, I mean, her mindset, Tony Blinken, Joe Biden, if he's thinking about this, uh, Jake uh, Sullivan, Lloyd Austin want to use um, Ukraine as a battering ram with which to drive President Putin uh, out of office. Right. Best analysis I ever heard was the one that uh, Prime Minister Orban just gave to Tucker Carlson. Right. Absolutely. Well, if you go back in history, the uh, Russians have been invaded by way of Ukraine three major times in recent history, Napoleonic France uh, and then the Germans twice in World War One and World War Two. That was their route to invade Russia. If you look at Moscow on the map, judge, there's no river, there's no mountains, there's no hills, there's nothing but plains all the way to Moscow. And they have no natural kind of boundaries. They have a necessary paranoia, the way he describes there. And look at our situation. We got Mexico and Canada, neither of whom even have a war plan for attacking us ever, right? We got plans for them. They could never even conceive of threatening our country. We've got, you know, the oceans, on either side and the world's greatest Navy, et cetera. No one threatens us. Russia is constantly threatened. And, you know, ever since the 1990s, the beginning of the 1990s, the end of the last Cold War, the Americans have recognized just how well uh, obsessed with security the Russians are and how seriously they take it. 
and how paranoid, if you want to call it that, they are about American intentions. And yet the Americans continue to expand their military alliance into Russia's neighborhood anyway. And they say repeatedly, I got all the quotes, they say it over and over again, Madeleine Albright and William Perry and under George W. Bush and under Barack Obama too, they say, what are they going to do about it? Come on, we're the superpower. They're not a superpower anymore. They're a bunch of chumps. There's McCain said, a gas station uh, with an arm with some nuclear weapons. So we can push them around, just like they thought they could just push around Ho Chi Minh. What's he gonna do? We can do whatever we want. And yet then they find out that no, actually there are red lines. They can only push these things so far. We'll end it on that. It's about as articulate a, a grasp on modern uh, American imperialism, as I've heard. Scott, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Have a great uh, Labor Day weekend. When is that book coming out, by the way? Oh, I, I really hope by the end of the year, the beginning of next year, Judge. How many pages have you written? It's 955 pages. I know, you gotta edit it down, man. That's a, That's it's right. a doorstop. I love the, I, I would way rather show you than tell you. So I have these massive block quotes that that's gonna be my first priority is cutting all that down. <laughs> All the best to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Of course. Well, if you like what you saw, and I suspect you did, like, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell people at uh, cocktail parties or barbecues or cookouts. We call them cookouts here in New Jersey uh, on the uh, on the holiday weekend. We're just approaching 193,000. Our goal is still 200,000 subscriptions to Judging Freedom YouTube by Monday, by uh, Labor Day. Friday afternoon, we have our roundtable. This is the highlight of the week for us. Larry Johnson, Ray McGovern, and yours truly. What did we learn since last Friday's roundtable? That's what we'll be uh, discussing. And if your friends say, what is this uh, judging freedom about? I thought Judge Napolitano was a legal scholar. It's about preserving your liberty.